0: Hey Hope family, welcome back to another Hope Daily, and today we will continue our look at Romans, and we'll be in chapter 2. You are all probably familiar with the adage made popular by Spider-Man comics and movies, with great power comes great responsibility. This principle predates Spider-Man and is pretty universally accepted. I have three daughters, ages 8, 3 and and 2. The eight-year-old is held to account differently than her sister's. Her age has brought to her various powers. She's stronger and smarter than her sister's. So if she pushes her sister out of the way to get the last cookie, we would handle that differently than if one of her younger sisters pushes her. As we read in Numbers last Sunday, God dealt differently with the ten spies who led a rebellion than he did with those who rebelled. We see this principle play out all of the time, and we all intrinsically hold those in power to a greater responsibility. As I read Romans 2, I believe, in part, this is what Paul is telling his audience, specifically his Jewish audience. So let's read Romans 2, 17-24. There, Paul writes, But if you call yourself a Jew and rely on the law and boast in God and know his will and improve what is excellent because you are instructed from the law, and if you are sure that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of children, having in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? While you preach against stealing, do you steal? You you who say to the one, you who say that one must not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law, dishonor God by breaking the law? For as it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Paul is telling his Jewish audience that they've been entrusted with the law, but they have done a bad job of being a representative to the nations of what that law is supposed to produce, that they teach it to others, and they ask others to observe it, yet they are not observing it themselves. The Jews have been trusted with the law of God, and perhaps they have done a good job in preaching it, but they have not done a good job in keeping it. Keeping it was the goal, more so than communicating it to others. So, in effectively communicating it, but failing to keep it, they have brought greater judgment on themselves. What's this got to do with you? You ask, you aren't Jewish. And as Paul says later in Romans, you aren't under the law, but under grace. These are valid points. But I think we still run the risk of putting ourselves in line of greater judgment by holding others to standards we ourselves do not keep. Let's back up a little in Romans 2 and read verses 1 through 5 there, Paul says, therefore you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges. For in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself, because you, the judge, practice the very same things. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. Do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourselves, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. But because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. We all have been caught in a moment where we have judged someone for maybe an action that they did or words that they said or the way that they said it. And then been reminded either by a friend or by conviction of the Holy Spirit that we have done the same thing that they have done. Maybe we had just finished doing the thing that we are now judging them for. Paul says that we are storing up for ourselves wrath if that is the way that we continually live. Again, we are not under the law, but Jesus did tell his disciples that there was a new law that they were to follow. That law is love. So if we as Christ followers are calling others to love, but do not love ourselves, then we are in the same position as the Jews that Paul writes to. I recently read an article that I'll post in the show notes that talked about how social media has distorted the view we have of our own personal roles. We all want bigger, better, and more immediate. The author notes, God calls some to serve in loud public ways, but he calls all of us to serve in quiet and glorious ways. Doing either well depends on how we form and feed the inner life, the heart, mind, and soul. James, Jesus, and others mentioned the weight that belongs to leaders and teachers. There is great responsibility that comes with the power of teaching others. This is true, but it doesn't let others off the hook. Jesus has called all of us to be disciple makers. We are all to go and make disciples. We are all called to love our enemies. We have been entrusted with the gospel. We have to store it faithfully in the public eye and privately. Our lives are to adhere to the law of love, whether God has called us to serve in loud public ways or when I'm at home with my wife and children, whether we are speaking to thousands or chatting with our next door neighbor. You may not feel like you've been given great power, but God has asked you to serve him and maybe it's in quiet places. But even there, ask God to show you where you have influence and ask him to convict you on how well you've been storing that influence. Where is there a character gap between your expectations of others and your own life? Ask the spirit to do a work to close that gap in you.